Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? It's your boy, the number one fuck boy. Welcome to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, the number one fuck boy, John Gabris. But you can call me Gabris because I had five Jonathans in my junior high. Um, I've been saying for a while now that if you roasted me in the comments on iTunes, I would read your name off and your comments. So here we go, guys. Yeah from P. Hosmer from Fosmer I'm assuming it's Patrick Hosmer a friend of mine it's a very specific joy identifying the moment where an episode goes sideways and Gabrus becomes fully incoherent usually around minute 45 if you listen high it'll make you miss your friends you don't see anymore <laughs> okay from the Axel Ray, a show where John Garbus mostly names the places he likes to eat <laughs> that is so not my name I appreciate that from ARB 102 Oh, no, that was actual compliment. Here we go. From Nick Ramey. John Gabris is a fat jock and a dumb nerd. The worst of both worlds. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Uh, this is from T-Bone Malone. Have you ever been to an awkward social gathering? Maybe a wedding reception where you don't know anybody? So you wander over to the meat and cheese platter and bump into a large jolly man cracking jokes and lightening the mood? That man is John Gabris. This is his podcast. Oh, you know what? I actually take that as a compliment. <laughs> From Jordan America, it's got something for everyone and a lot for no one. The host likes to talk about getting fit, then does a power hour and eats a third world person's salary yearly in Taco Bell. John Gabris is, oh, this is from Giddiness Kaka. John Gabris is the perfect number one fuckboy to exemplify the douchebaggery of the high school jock while begging for the pity in the way of geeks and nerds. <laughs> Giddiness Kaka, that is a that is that's a hot take. Uh, <laughs> uh, Leg Leggers for Lovers says, "I wish he wasn't such a fuck boy." Juggy forty eight oh five says, "Great broadcast." Um, <laughs> all right, I'll keep reading these negative roasts. <laughs> There's way more than I thought. I'll read more next episode. Guys, go to iTunes, click on comments, rate me a five, and then roast me in the comments, and I'll read read it here out loud. All right, enough about me. Now we're going to start a podcast where I do most of the talking because I'm, I'm a monster. <laughs> Guys, I got a guest in the HeadGum studio, my friend visiting from New York, Anthony Atamanik, comedian, Donald Trump impersonator. Oh, God. Fellow uh, 30 Rock writer who never speaks, but did speak once. That's right. Electing him to kings of the 30 Rock writers. Um, Anthony Atamanik, thanks for coming out here just I, to do my podcast. Thanks, man. I only came out to do this, <laughs> and I flew in. Uh, I just got here two hours ago, and I'm leaving an hour and a half after... This recording. Yeah, no, I know your itinerary. Remember, forward be the receipts and I'll reimburse you for the flights. For sure, of course. I got to go back to Thailand because I left an eight-year-old boy in an alleyway. Oh, don't call your husband an eight-year-old boy. If you're going to go through the ceremony, make it real, okay? So, <laughs> excuse me, for those of you who don't know, 
Anthony's an improviser from UCB, uh, New York. He's also a great storyteller and comedian, and uh, turns out also a good character actor and possibly maybe even a great managerial mind as he runs the Tony Show, the Variety Show Tuesday yeah. nights at UCB East. You gotta come see it. You gotta come see it. It's mostly very organized. Oh yeah! If you want to see, if you want to experience an audience wilting over the course of forty-five minutes to usually an hour and thirty. <laughs> and a bunch I'm of- so high. I'm doing plugs first in this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. All right. We're getting into plugs already, guys. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll see oh you my next god, week. is this all just you checking in and and thanking people? Yeah, I gotta have a guest here though, so it brings out my game. And you know, maybe some of your if you retweet this, I'll get some of your followers to listen. You, your pants blend. The listeners can't obviously, but your pants blend so much of the sofa. I look like a half sofa you. centaur man because <laughs> I have gray sweatpants on. I look like a fucking half man, half couch you centaur. You look like a mythological creature from. Pottery Barn. <laughs> I am the Love Cetus. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> oh, hey, thanks, man. But uh, Anthony and I really uh, hit it off doing storytelling shows together, mm-hmm. and we were touring, doing some stories together as part of Nights of Our Lives, another show you should check out in New York and L.A., and on the drive up one time, someone casually mentioned JFK, like in passing. And, <laughs> and then uh, Anthony talked for the next 45 <laughs> minutes uninterrupted about the J- the conspiracy behind the murder of JFK. Yeah, and Gabrus is in the car, so imagine how compelling it must have been yeah, for, to I, let me talk for 45 minutes. Yeah, let him talk, as if you could get a word in edgewise <laughs> against this fucking, we're both monsters. 45 minutes, I was in, ra- and I was like, I don't, believe in conspiracies myself i'm not into them but when i hear about that i love hearing about them because the possibility behind them anthony you know a lot about conspiracy theories so i had to yeah. have you come on i figured we'll hit a blunt and we'll sort of talk yeah. about conspiracy theories <laughs> this is this should be uh this is a good idea for listeners to tune into oh yeah i'm, I'm having like a, a full-blown panic attack right now <laughs> me too dude i'm like i'm like sweating i'm like this is all part of the how hard should i be listening to john like i don't know what he wants from You're me right looking now at me and your nose is bleeding. I don't know. You gotta calm down. That was LA in the 90s. <laughs> hey, man. Welcome to LA in the 90s. <laughs> One time I blew something that smelled like fucking bleach and looked like the powder that's like around an old carburetor. And I snorted it and my head went, whoa, 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 whoa. And I was like, oh, I am near death. And then came out of it with a river of blood flowing out of my nose that was like pooling on my chest. And that's when the black choppers appeared. Yeah, that's when the black, that's when the SWAT showed up. Uh, so, yeah, Anthony, what do you want to know? What do I want to know? What is it about conspiracy theories? Someone once told me that the reason they exist is because people don't want to believe that bad shit can just happen. So they start to yeah. build these stories that maybe seem a little far-fetched but ma- with made up with uh, some minor clues right. to justify ho- horrible actions or justify bad things. Well, I think conspiracy theories evolve actually with media too. So I think that conspiracies probably are old wives' tales or things of that nature sort of were uh, probably specific events or combinations of them that ended up becoming sort of a general generalized modern mythology that could be either an explanation for something that wasn't understood or sort of a moral warning. <laughs> wow. All right. There now, we go. <laughs> with the advent of media, uh, and also I think mass reporting even in a new, you know, newspapers, radio, and so on, you start to have a coalescing of perspectives that are shared immediately that people weren't used to. And so when you have a bunch of inconsistent information all coming at the same time, I think that people start to assemble that information and then regard the inconsistencies with um, a need to attach design to them. And that's where conspiracies come from. All right, listeners, feel free to pause, soak that in for a minute, and then unpause because I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. What a great uh, explanation. Oh, uh, and I you. also feel like along with the uh, explosion of the media allows for one person's voice or a small group's voice to be heard by more where these conspiracy yeah. theories can sort of start from. Someone could like... Yes. An- like ignite that idea. Well, they're the original memes, if you think about it. I mean, conspiracies are this modern term of meme, right? Which is almost like a genome of an idea. Right. That um, the conspiracy theory is sort of the um, analog versions of that. 
Yeah, I wish that uh, after Kennedy was assassinated, there was conspiracy memes going around of like, like a picture of Jackie O with like uh, <laughs> hashtag my, brain chunks. That that feeling when <laughs> hashtag <laughs> brain. <laughs> that feeling when your husband's head just got blown off in front of you. Wait, this is fucked up. I feel uncomfortable with what I'm saying. Or like an ironic picture of her on the back of the trunk, like an Instagram that's like, <laughs> "Ooh, my fur." <laughs> Ew, watch the fur. <laughs> watch the fur. <laughs> you know, or like, me is this brains. Like, what's that one where it's always like the dog and it's yeah. like, me does like food. <laughs> Stupid fucking world we live in. Yeah. So we're talking about JFK right now because that is sure. the go-to conspiracy that I think in American yeah. culture that everyone knows. Like, it's been, it's kind of widely known that there. it's weird, the expo. The, the explanation well, around there are there are problems listen this is a conspiracy where the problem is i think like uh, some other ones like gulf of tonkin 9-11 um you know cambodia excursions reagan assassination attempt where there are pieces of it where you go there is an inconsistency here i don't understand it and i think a wise person or an intelligent person can go okay maybe shit just does happen but if a red flag goes up where I go, well, there's a strange thing. Like, why does his brain explode like a hollow point bullet when the first two shots are not hollow point? Like, those are things that are curious. And right. I think... It's something that is possible because anything... Exactly. You know, but but like, it's, it's more narrow than anything's possible. Right, right, right. That's right. the point. Yeah. Anything's possible is like the planet X theory, <laughs> that there's like a planet that's parallel to us. We're that, just making every decision uh, uh, invariably. Well, no, that, that, that we have a parallel Earth that rotates the sun in, geos, in synchronous orbit, a geosolar orbit, so that we never encounter it. And there's a parallel. That's a real conspiracy theory. Yes. I don't believe it. I'm just saying it's I a real like one. I feel like some are like... That's a big sometimes one. Sometimes when you conspiracy theory, you go, why Why does it matter if we keep that thought alive? Like, you know, what's the conspiracy? What are we covering up? What's so? All right, so let's start here. Yeah. What is either your favorite or you think the most believable or a conspiracy theory that is actually now widely known as truth? Just to like maybe this is this will be my dip my toe in because I'm so into him, but I'm okay. so such a skeptical person because it's it's easy to imagine that sometimes crazy shit does just happen. Well, I think a conspiracy theory that was sort of out in the open um, is the invasion, the Iraq invasion in t 2003. <laughs> I'm serious because there are we, you can look at that as open political conspiracy, which is that the satellite photos that they showed in the UN you know, turned out to not be what they said they were and that they knew that beforehand. Um, that uh, there was falsified intelligence that was given out that's now proven out to be falsified intelligence, right? That there was already a decision to go to war prior to putting it to a congressional vote. So this is some sort of faux justification. And, and here's it's been the later thing. been proven that it was. I don't think you even need to go, I'm um, against the invasion or pro it to think that like I could be like yeah I still think we should have gone in but that's how they did it right do you get what I'm saying I yeah. think it's one that doesn't have a political spin to it right where it doesn't really change uh, like there's no there's no two sides you either believe it or not it's not for some ideology exactly it's yeah, just yeah. this was the operative way that something happened right um, I think uh, another one that's true that is sort of a conspiracy maybe more of a myth um, is that bin Laden, you know, was a freedom fighter in Afghanistan and that actually what happened was wealthy Saudi youth, you know, from big families would be sent sort of like um, baseball camp, you know, like fantasy baseball camp. They'd send them over to, to sit with the Mahajuddin and take some photos with them and then have a story sort of made up about them that they were the lion of the, you know, the battle. But they, I mean, bin Laden probably fought once. Like probably never fired a gun at somebody. So they're like paper tigers. They like exactly. create these people that are, and that is to for the sake of terror, like for Ugh. the sake of terrorism to be like, uh, or is that just some ego? Thank you for doing that on mic as close as possible. Fuck. Okay, go on. Yeah. <laughs> is that something they're doing Beverly. for ego reasons, or are they doing for political strategy? Oh, Beverly Drive. <laughs> I can see how Beverly spelled that way. 
<laughs> After watching the jinx, I said, I turned to my mutual friend Justin Tyler and said, That's Anthony and Tim. <laughs> I did him, you know. And, uh, uh, you fucked him in jail. I fucked <laughs> him in jail. What did One you night when I was me? in the drunk tank. Yeah, I fucked, his, I fucked him. His. His skin, his face looks like a ball sack, like a stretched ball sack. Yeah, and that's your favorite thing to fuck on people. Is oh, ball yeah. Sack. <laughs> I fuck the ball sack. You like them to pull it taut, and then you just rub the base of your penis on it like it's yeah, a Yeah, it's like a little, it's like a sloop. Like a- <laughs> yeah, you slide it and you land it. It's like a ski jump. <laughs> yeah. What uh, were you asking me? I don't know. I blacked Building out Building 7 was ago. blown up. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right. So, like, what is... What is Let's run us through the... Maybe people are sort of familiar with the JFK conspiracy. So that would be like the next... I feel like big cult... I mean, 9-11 is... Uh, Huge. It's got a lot of conspiracies around it, too, but... And a lot of bullshit conspiracies around it. Right, right. Like, so, a lot of ones that are so stupid, like, that they detonated bombs in the towers and shit like that. So, yeah, like, sometimes you just gotta think, like, why do it that way also? All right, so let's... Why talk- would you fly planes into them? <laughs> Like, yeah, I, I'm always like, what, what, what if they had an insurance plan with a couple of bullshit bombs? But if those worked, why fly planes into them? <laughs> okay, go on. Just... I'm like, I was going to say, maybe we don't have to go into 9-11 because it might be a little close for some people. And you're just like steamrolling ahead. I want to talk about the JFK sure. assassination. So Yeah, nobody cares about that. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald. Uh, big old uh, queer. Big, all right. So is that is that no. why? <laughs> See, I'm so gullible. I'm like, oh, that's part of it too. So that's just disseminating, like, dis- disseminating information. Uh, okay, so, so uh, yeah. he allegedly fires and hits the president from the book's suppository. No, a suppository. Depository. suppository the place the book suppository is if we shoved a copy of Wolf Hall up your ass right now. Oh, do we have Wolf Hall here? That's <laughs> yeah. the most lubricated cover of all t- uh, books. Yeah, Should it's get from, it in there. It's by Hillary Mantle. Oh, Wolf Hall by Hillary Mantle. Uh, also a proud sponsor of this podcast. Thank you, Hillary. <laughs> We loved your book, Hillary. <laughs> we loved your book. We're going to sell it exclusively on High and Mighty. We're going to insert it into conversations and anuses. <laughs> She's like, I like it. I have a copy of my book in my ass now. <laughs> Tangents are not only allowed, they are encouraged on High and Mighty. And again, I will repeat, we are not experts on this topic, though Anthony believes himself to be. Oh, I'm a complete expert. But we are also not allowed to look up phones or do any research while no, we're I doing... No, I'm not researched or backed up with anything. <laughs> or have all my faculties in place. Yeah, oh my God, no. I feel like someone who just woke up from a Tony Soprano-style stroke. My favorite style of stroke. <laughs> it's got a fucking certain thing to it. My name's Mr. Finity. <laughs> Oh, this hotel's really strange. <laughs> I'm not going to hurt you. <laughs> Uncle June, what are you doing here? The geese, ma. Oh, <laughs> the geese are here, ma. Ma! <laughs> All right. Okay. So, so why... What do you believe happened? What do you believe happened in that situation? When, when I know you're, you're well-versed in conspiracy theories, but do you buy into them? Or JFK, I think the that um, there's a the p- most plausible explanation. There was a recent documentary about it. I can't remember the name of it that um, really made sense and filled in exactly how Oswald could have committed the act. And at the same time, the third shot, which has always been the question because it came so quickly after the others. Um, this film posits something that's very, I think, plausible. And it's likely why it was then covered up, which is that... There, uh, the uh, Secret Service had just been issued their first semi-automatic or automatic weapons. It was the first time Secret Service had automatic weapons for protection. And the uh, car behind the motorcade, the the Kennedy car, uh, there were guys standing on either side. And the Secret Service had partied until four in the morning the night before, going out in, to a strip club. Because you're in club. Dallas. Yeah, you're in Dallas and you're <laughs> hanging out. Jack when Ruby's in Rome. got a, and I think they might have been some of them at Jack Ruby's club. I don't think that's true, but wouldn't that be great? And uh, so they were. What happened was that when the first two shots came off, uh, and Kennedy was clearly hit, that the Secret Service guy, pretty untrained in using this, you know, first time using it in live action, and also um, hung over. Um, and in on, a situation where the president may have just been shot, instant right. adrenaline, instant. Probably was aiming, you know, the gun around to see where, you know, it fired from. The car then sped up 
uh, or move forward, he probably pulled the trigger and our own secret service actually winged the, the headshot. Jesus. And that and that um, would explain, because you were saying something earlier about one bullet's a hollow point and the other that two That was aren't. the big question is why is there this explosive shot when the first two are not hollow points? Yeah. And of course, there are people who would argue that it's the pressure in the brain and actually there's, you know, there's counter arguments to all these things. But this has been, you know, a couple of Secret Service people have come forward who are older and said this is a possibility. It was this. And that basically Jackie Onassis didn't want that to be the final right. and, story. On and what of happened. course, neither would the government. Neither with the government. Right. And, but with now, why does Jack Ruby then kill Lee Harvey Oswald? Is that part of that? Is that cover up? Well, then the-, the second question is just because Oswald was the gunman and just because that Secret Service person accidentally kills Kennedy, was that who Oswald's working for and what Oswald was really about and what he was an agent of doesn't change. Right, right. Which it could is be, it a could conspiracy still be- that is proven out. Through conversations in Miami about hitting Kennedy in Miami and about the incredibly bizarre movements of Lee Harvey Oswald in the three years prior to him killing Kennedy, including, you know, Alex Adan, the the tech in Yeah, yeah. His father in the last Ruru that we were both on a team called Death by Ruru at the UC. Where we interview people about fucked interview- up families. He I, he was my last interview before I left the before we ended. And his father was a CIA agent, Cuban stationed in uh, New Orleans and got into a fist fight with Oswald when he was handing out leaflets. For what movement? For the free, the I think at that point he was the free Cuba. Because that's the other weird thing is that he leafleted for both free Cuba and for and Castro. All right, so here's stuff I don't even know about. Yeah. So he was also, so, Bay of, like, so the Cuban embargo may have had something to do with this whole yes, situation. Yes, and also for a gentleman who's supposed to be so anonymous... He was on television, interviewed, photographed, uh, arrested, traveling. Yeah, the year prior, he appears on like three television shows. This is not a guy who was some anonymous no one. This was a person who was active enough and visible enough that it is strange how he is treated and regarded afterwards. And the other argument I'd make, which is my own personal one, which is that um, uh, wait, so you yeah. have your own personal theories in addition? Well, my to personal that. theory that I've watched the footage of Oswald in the um, jail. and when, when Ruby gets him. Yes. And the question is, I still think it's possible someone else fired that shot. And that Oswald, when he says, like, I don't know what you're talking about. I, it, you know, we do, listen, we do work where if someone's lying, we know. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. And I will say this, watching him. I don't know. Doesn't look like a guy to me. So he's either incredibly trained. When does he say, I don't know what you're talking about? A number of times. He goes, I didn't do anything. I didn't shoot the president. He keeps saying, but he says, uh, I forget what he says, but he says this whole other thing where the Patsy line has a whole other part of it. And it, in human cadence, it doesn't feel like someone who is um, trained to just say that. Well, no, either he's incredibly trained to seem that normal or he's, or just he's an innocent person. He's not a panicked individual in that moment, oh, geez, which dude. someone who was a lone gunman who shot the president would be. Right, right, right. And he had no escape plan whatsoever. No, he went to the fucking movies. <laughs> then how the cop gets shot and who shoots the cop and the, the number of Oswalds that supposedly claim they're Oswald in South America and in Cuba that are impossible timeline-wise. Uh, I feel like that Kennedy was... This is all new information to me, by the way. I thought I, kn- I, thought I knew what we were talking Kennedy about. Kennedy was an incredible threat, an absolute threat to the United States and the powers that be. And it's one of the reasons why you've not had a president since who has not been beholden to a large party apparatus. You don't have free thinking presidents. You have people who are beholden to a greater ideal. Kennedy was a free thinking president. So you're making that sound like uh, it's an inside job, an inside the government job. Absolutely. Kennedy would have been a, a massive diversion. Uh, think about the, the world in 1963. He was, he was already planning on removing advisors from Vietnam. We had a detente. The biggest threat was our, our issues with Russia, which was, which was moving towards some form of detente. We had no foreign excursions, no wars that we were currently involved in except for the Cold War. And in the, the years subsequent from Kennedy, 
the military apparatus has us in perpetual destabilization. And most of the state destabilizations are occurring post that time. So I'm saying that we entered into some period where people made a lot of moves around the world really quickly. And to deny the idea that there are people who have a lot of money, who pass that money on generation to generation and control power systems, want to make sure that the world works the best for them, you've got to be a fucking idiot to not think that. And it's terrible. It's terrible to say this, but you would think, but never at the to the level of hurting someone or keeping but or keeping us or hurting our own country but greed is insane dude and we see such minor reflections of that all the time this is i can't wait to see the 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 at comments after this podcast i can't wait for people to come at us with fucking of course and listen and the thing is i'm gonna say this some of these things i'm talking about of course they're motivated by emotion and they're motivated by a suspicion of human nature so they're akin to faith they're you know they are not i can't say there are factual things i told you and there's things that obviously you feel about those facts right and i'm not some you know nitwit who is unaware of that right and you, you don't know. think what you're saying is the hard fast truth this is just what you're no. saying it but and the, you would be very we're, we're all very curious to find out what the hard fast i would is. be super relieved to know that oswald fired all three shots and it's all random it wouldn't disappoint me. Right? right, right, right. That's the thing that's that's You wouldn't stupid. have story blue balls. But red it herring would- people, they like people who love conspiracies, they don't want it to not be true. They that's religion. They now. need it to be they, they need, need it, it to be because they need to say that the world works the way they think it Because then works. they feel they have control. And that's right. mental illness. And conspiracy theory belief isn't actually i think they've now classified well it's got it feels like a form of paranoia and uh uh, which you you see manifest in different psychologicals now now i'm completely out of pocket on what i know what i'm talking about but but yeah and so people like and and conspiracy theories are easily uh seem delusional or or paranoidal so that sure it makes sense why you would see that in uh those types of people but all you have to do is take this basic model which is if there are three people in a house for a day Two of those people are going to talk to each other about something they don't want the third to know about. <laughs> so uh, conspiracy is a human. It's a basis, a basic thing of human nature. So it's crazy. Holy shit. Hold on. Let's, let's unpack that. If three people are in a house at some point, uh, me, you and Chris are in here now. At right. some point, I want to tell you something that I don't want Chris to hear. Or you, vice versa. There's a high probability. I mean, 24 hours, I'm just... Yeah, 24 hours, yeah, yeah. At some point, it's an inevitability. Well, if we were all in the house and let's say like, um, you know, you really like that plant and, you know, for some reason you and I are in the room and you're in the other room and I knock the thing off and I can sort of shove it back in even though the roots are all fucked up, I might turn to him and be like, dude, will you just not tell him? And if he, for whatever reason, decides... We're bonded enough that, okay, okay, then he'll keep it from you. That's a conspiracy. <laughs> and so that's what Rumsfeld did at 9-11. Oh, the Jesus. Plans. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, just tried, I just tried to take a huge leap for no reason. Yeah, that's it what just, Rumsfeld... I don't know um, anything about that. Where I, I don't... You know, again, 9-11... I watched Loose Change. So oh, also, my God. So when you... Conspiracy, conspiracy theories... So there's documentaries about conspiracy theories, and now with the advent of Netflix and streaming, and how cheap equipment is to make, and like how anybody can make a fucking movie. And sh- there are a lot of conspiracy documentaries yeah. out there that yeah. you think are like, oh, this would be interesting. Like even Loose Change, which is one of the most popular ones with the I, drone, with yeah, the drone. Yeah, I watch it. And I was if like, there's this is- drones and a deep throated voice and someone who's constantly showing the towers exploding, <laughs> that's 9/11 porn. Right, right. That's not. That's <laughs> not conspiracy and listen i've hey listen i've pulled out my intellectual dick and yanked it to 9-11 porn like i've watched loose change and shit and been like ooh, yeah like you have a, I understand to be fair your your dick is small but your intellectual dick <laughs> is a huge. fucking hog dude. my penis is tiny but <laughs> but the thing hanging off my head hitting the mic is huge <laughs> My intellectual dong. <laughs> my Let me intellectual. whip out my intellectual dong. Imagine you said that to like you were a professor. You're like, let's all. I know. Put, Can, you your Can you erase that? Can you erase that? I was getting a little too full of myself right there. <laughs> instead of your thinking caps, you pull out your intellectual Cap- dick and jerk it. <laughs> all right, class, grab your intellectual clams <laughs> and start flicking. <laughs> we're talking conspiracies. Mr. Chaminick. What's the conspiracy about Guy Fieri? That he's a time traveling? Yeah, he's a time traveling. Uh, <laughs> Uh, fucking porcupine. 
He's a he's a prototype. Por- he's an android prototype of an, a pure energy. <laughs> yeah, he's he's uh, from future history, which Sonic the Hedgehog is based on. <laughs> um. So what what are what are some more? Mo- well, here's a conspiracy that people are that I'm starting to feel more and more people are believing are true. The fact that we may have gotten like the American government may have been brought crack to the ghetto. Oh yeah, I think that one's pretty pretty straight on true. <laughs> yeah. That's intense. That's, so they're saying I mean, that we've been known in the black community for a long time. We've we hooked up like the Mexican cartel or whatever, yeah. uh, the S- South American cartel with. Well, notice that when it happens, it happens in in seventy nine to eighty or like 80, 82, 81, right? Yeah. So first off, you know Reagan, Reagan changed the whole game, right? And Ronald Reagan changed the whole game, and also Bush was supposed to get that presidency. Let's just do the Bush line real quick. Okay, Prescott Bush selling arms to the Nazis and like actively working with the Third Reich throughout the war. Okay, <laughs> selling munitions. Wait, so this is a this is this a, is true. You can go look it this up. This is a great grandfather, great great grandfather, grandfather, the grandfather of of George W. Holy shit. Now, George H.W. Bush, you can find this online, and I know everyone's going to fucking come down on me. There is an FBI document to Herbert Hoover the day after the Kennedy assassination that is addressed to George H.W. Bush that is a debriefing on the Kennedy assassination. Like, why and did Kennedy he... and, and Bush claims he wasn't a part of the CIA until he was made director in 1974 or two. I can't remember. But you're saying he was already working behind the scenes? He was already... All I'm saying is Bushes are always places where bad things happen. That's all I'm saying. Okay? Then George... And, then and they H- have a rich, wealthy dynasty to maintain. Uh-huh. And then H.W., very old family bloodline. And then H.W., um, is vice president. He was supposed he was supposed to get the nomination. Reagan gets the nomination instead. They hate he couldn't stand Reagan. Within two months of Reagan being president, uh, he has an attempt on his life. The, the when he gets shot. Yeah, and I think Bush was supposed to become president. I think a lot of things that happened later was supposed to happen in the eighties. You think Bush was supposed to get it at that point? Yeah. That Reagan was supposed to go down. Bush yeah. gets it. Mm-hmm. And they they just that's why they put Saddam Hussein in the CIA put him in Iraq was to I mean, then Hussein was hired by Kennedy. <laughs> yes, Hussein worked for the CIA in 1963. He was put into Iraq in 1963 by the Kennedy administration's intelligence unit. You're one of my favorite friends to have conversations like this with if. Like my wife's uncle at a party started talking to me like this. I'd be like, get me the fuck. If the guy was like, and Kennedy's the one who put Saddam in his place. I'd be like, get this fucking guy away from me. But when you say it to me, I'm like, wait a minute. So just back me up there for a second. Yeah. there, It's it's out there or it's people are, it's anecdotal that people are talking about Kennedy put Saddam Hussein into power. I mean, in Kennedy, not himself. But, right, but his... Well, yeah, and remember, again, he was, as a lot of people were, recruited by the Central Intelligence Agency to... I mean, they wanted to destabilize... There was a mass destabilization of Pakistan, Af- well, Afghanistan, Pakistan, um, uh, Iran, Iraq, uh, Egypt. I mean, that we got... From 19... And that's all oil shit, you think? Well, oil and also the fact that, remember, the Nazis went into a lot of... The Ba'ath Party, for instance, is an outcropping of the Nazi occupation of the Middle East. What's the Ba'ath Party? The Ba'ath Party is what Syria and what Iraq was formerly. Uh, the Ba'athists, which are Sunni Muslims. Okay. So... <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, so mostly Sunni. And, and so, um, you know, that came from the post-fascist states of Nazi occupation in the North African peninsula and, and into the Middle East. Jesus. So, I mean, we fought a desert war also in World War II. We fought a desert war. We fought yeah, on all yeah. fronts. That's, right, right. that's the whole right. great narrative of the war. And uh, So then they want to yeah. destabilize that so that well, they're no, not we, powerful. We wanted to make people who were allies in the region. And so we wanted to facilitate long-term government um transition so you know you had a team of cia guys who were just high i mean they were iraqis but they were 
basically working for our government. And then they slowly moved up the power ranks as they s- slid people out. And I mean, we had a relationship with Iraq in the 80s. I mean, there's right. a picture of Rumsfeld and Saddam Hussein, which is obviously used for a lot of conspiracy stuff. But that's always stupid linkage. It's really just that we had a military relationship with them because we were against Iran because our guy in the 70s got knocked out by the Khomeini and the, the revolution. So then do we think... That Saddam eventually goes goes rogue, or does he do start like to not step in yes. line with what the U.S. wants? And the U.S. is like, "That's why we, we got to go to war. We got to take this motherfucker out. He's not doing what we want him to do anymore." Ninety one was about going. We put you in here. Don't go sniffing around in uh, Kuwait because he started. He wanted to expand his power. He wanted to. I mean, we're talking a very minor territorial piece. Is you know a very small piece of land, but it's its own sovereign country. You know, and, and he then, wanted to take that over, and we were like, "You can't do that. We're, you know, we can't have things going crazy here." Well, yeah, and also oil relationships are our relationships with the Kuwaitis, who provided us a relative amount of oil, but also the the more you know, it had to do with familial relationships. The Kuwaitis, the Saudis, all these guys are sort of all akin to each other, so they're not they don't want this military junta yeah. coming in who's not a you know in a way a true a dynastic arab <laughs> <laughs> holy shit and so then we have to so then america's like we gotta take him out and then when we don't we're like oh he's got wmds we gotta go after well we him. just left it and built a case and everyone made that case i mean people forget in 98 that clinton was sending cruise missiles over there and we were discussing re-entering iraq yeah uh and we look at the parallel with uh obama right now and it's sort of like really it won't be him but it will be whoever's uh, uh succeeds him Rand paul uh, Rand, it'll be Rand Paul with uh, Bernie Sanders <laughs> as a write-in VP, uh, and you know they'll um, they'll be the ones to make the decision about what we're going to do with the ever-growing uh, problem that's not going to go away. Yeah, and is frightening that that's a true conspiracy that's gone amok. Right, like we, we organized those, we participated in organizing this. I mean, we, the Taliban are our allies in Rambo Three. I know. <laughs> that's a, that's I know. how I know. <laughs> that's yeah. all I know about our American. We're spies like us too. Right. Right. We're Remember, in- they travel around with them spies like us. Yes, doctor, doctor, and doctor, 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 doctor. doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that movie. Mind if I play through? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, well, all you young kids are really gonna love these <laughs> yeah. references uh guys you let's, should watch spies like us let's talk about ishtar <laughs> <laughs> i feel like if you watch spies like us you'll get everything that has been spoken about today you'll understand. you really will it's like the rosetta stone for this conversation ishtar was the 1980s homeland <laughs> In that it was good for two and a half seasons. <laughs> Burn! Take that, Showtime original wow. programming. Uh, uh, here, <laughs> Showtime. We air you. We air some great shows that have four great seasons. Four nine seasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so. Like true. I've watched every Showtime show for Dexter. like the first four. Dexter, We've Californication. About Dexter. <laughs> I could not do Californication. That's where I draw the line. Oh man, I love David Duchovny. <laughs> it, remember when Duchovny was at McManus one time? No, I met another him. conspiracy. It was a conspiracy. What are some? What are some big fucking like huge conspiracies that are if they're true, it's a game changer like the, mm, there's like wow. the, the moon landing with stanley kubrick which can't be true anymore <laughs> well no because they didn't have the ability to film for that long right and, or what is it they've since like? then we've since landed on the moon regardless <laughs> right, right, <laughs> yeah, right like right. whether or not even if that was fake it it's I wouldn't change yeah, the anything. moon landing would really be like where we live in a crazy world. <laughs> right. Like, like if we really it's like unnecessary. It's like think. the Truman show. Like that would be like, Oh, you mean this is a plastic bubble on another planet? Like it'd be that level of like crazy. Do you um, think there's anything at the NASA level, like at the universe hmm. level that is being hidden from the American people? Like area yes. 51 shit. Do you believe in that? Like, um, well, I don't know the one, the one I believe that's the most possible. I have no no back no facts to back this up. Okay. But that I think is interesting uh, is pre uh, pre history history. 
of with my, with sort of modern civilizations that are similar to or more advanced than ours. That um, I love the Graham Hancock puts forward this idea that uh, the Atlantean myth, you know, that Plato talks about isn't about an island that's a metaphor for basically the civilization that existed prior to the last ice age or the one that existed on the ice age. And there's evidence to show that the ice age might've had a rapid melt. Like it might not have been a slow receding. There might've been actually a sort of point of no return where it sort of had a massive temperature and, change and drowned and put a lot of sort cities of a Krypton, under like a Krypton thing. Oh, wow. Like if you think about it and then you, and then you think like is part of our imagination and what we express and our symbols which is the sort of concept of masonry and a lot of these secret organizations is to say that symbols are so old. They come from very, very, very old versions of human society. And right, the we, alphabet hasn't changed. Well, <laughs> well I don't know, <laughs> man, about that. I can't go with you on that one. <laughs> what I mean is like, yeah, there was cuneiform and a lot of other <laughs> forms of, yo, honestly, I had one of those moments when you're, I had one of those moments when you're stoned that it locks in your brain where you're like, I've solved it. And then as you say it out loud, you're like, whoa, you needed to think. Here's that what from. I think I know what you mean from what you said, which is that the subconscious, the, the root um, symbolic uh, inner mind alphabet doesn't change. The flood myth, the giant tree. The old hag that haunts you, the shadow person that chases you, these common concepts that all humans share. The seven from Game of Thrones. Egg. <laughs> fucking. Exactly. The old crone. The, old the warrior. <laughs> the blacksmith. Wear my face. So. <laughs> the thousand man face feels no. Did they kill Dinklage finally? <laughs> Why? You stopped watching? No, I didn't. I can't remember the end of last season. No, 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 no. Uh, I wish they would like actually kill him on set and just film it, with a and film it with a GoPro. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, that would be a conspiracy. You imagine they're like, is it a doll or did they really beat Peter Dinklage to death? <laughs> here's, something I'm, here's something I'm obsessed with. Uh, okay. Is after 9-11, uh, I heard that like the government reached out to like, outside the box thinkers like David Fincher and other people to say like, can you guys brainstorm some ways? Ideas. And is that the coolest possible job to have? Like I want the guy, like I want to work uh, for like, no, I was talking about this with Rogers. I want to work for like the guys who are like, all right, think tank. How can we make our soldiers even better? It's like uh hoverboards. And yeah. Like, all right, <laughs> let's try it. They'd be like, you're fired, John. Get out of here. <laughs> I'd be like ripping bongs going, all right, what about hoverboards? Well, that's what you want to be. You right. want to be the character in the military think tank movie or, you know, no way out war game style thing yeah. where you're the guy with the Hawaiian shirt smoking a J while all the generals are like, why is this guy in here? And they're like, like, I've got five doctorates. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, I lived in. In Guam. <laughs> that's who I want to be. That's who I want to be when I get older. Yo, Anthony, just pass. Imagine you just passed away, and I finish the show. I'm like, all right, I just got to do a couple more minutes. Then we'll call. Then we'll call the ambulance. After imagine that. that would be amazing. I can't wait till someone really has like a you know massive heart attack on a podcast and they play it. <laughs> and they play it. I love nothing more than in movies where like a group of nerds or have to like there's uh, Apollo 13 comes to mind um, Armageddon uh, oh where the, the kids Martian. have to scramble you mean where like when they're like let's get the nerds together we yeah. gotta solve this problem or the even, Martian had a big like that was like, the whole oh, you, I think yet. you would like it for that reason that, isn't that where Matt Damon uh, sits on a sofa and insults Effie Brown about her producing skills yeah if you guys haven't <laughs> seen the Martian yet it's where he says that. Uh, there are no issues with Martian filmmakers. <laughs> and then this terrible movie called The Martian Class is released that like was mind-numbingly like a way. It was like a waste of. They would have been better the off burning. Thing. They should have burned the thirty-five millimeter film in a dumpster, and it would have been a better <laughs> and movie. Let, and let Jason watch it. <laughs> Just that—that's what you get. And Jason's like, excellent. <laughs> I am no Nosferatu. <laughs> I am Willem Dafoe. Uh, it's. <laughs> The crazy thing about that him, is that, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm never going to work with Matt Damon anyway, but it's crazy that the thing that people are like, <laughs> it's crazy that people were like, 
Yeah, you know what? Matt Damon's a bad guy. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, that wait a minute, wait a minute. It was pretty crazy. It was pretty quick how everyone was like, see, told you Matt Damon wasn't that good. But you wanted, and it's like, wait yeah. a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> he's still, like, he said something bad. Like, he yeah. said something bad, and... But everybody... And he's he, now learning. Yes. Oh, yeah, he's learning. I'm sure he went to the library right after. He was but, like, wait a minute. Plessy versus Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> Brown versus Board of Ed. What is this? <laughs> but I do think, like... He's from Boston. Like He's from Massachusetts, so he's he does not get a pass in my book where it's like, no, I, I bet you're having grained racism in you. <laughs> Yo, that's... But I will say that, like... You, things like that it's like okay but you know what my thing is yeah it's bad he left it was left in right they, they could have taken it out if they wanted he's to he's the EP of the show <laughs> yeah I mean they could have they could have can he's the, he could have just canceled it and the 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 other thing is that it was setting the tone for the idea that they ended up putting forward in the whole show right really which was Effie was fucking right about everything. Yeah. Well, also the thing, the thing is too, like you can be ba- like, so I right love a- Project Greenlight discussion <laughs> 10 years later. <laughs> conspiracy. Yeah, there's a big On the conspiracy, conspiracy. I was like, we got another one. Jason is a government agent. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, you, buddy, good to see you. So, so you think, the, uh, just to try to bring us back to what I think the last thing we were talking about is oh, that sorry, the Atlantean yeah. myth is a real thing. Well, or there's a reason. There are massive human, I think that there are, artif- here's my belief about religious artifacts like the ark the thing that's in mecca all that shit i think that they are pieces of mother gaia's vagina mother gaia's vag no just your <laughs> fucking labia menorah um i think they that's are the little one with the, eight candles on it yeah. <laughs> honey hey kids it's me specky gabers <laughs> put the match on your tongue and light your mother's labia menorah it's this oil's gotta burn for eight nights, mama. <laughs> I don't Not know. so much astroglide. <laughs> so sorry. I only think that's I think that, that those all the things, artifacts are. I think they're artifacts from like pre I mean, this is so ignorant what I'm about to say, but I want it to be true. It's like a Clive Kostler novel more than reality. This is becoming two thousand one. That they're yeah. ancient civil they're ancient pieces from an ancient civilization. I think that we probably had we've had a couple of peaks as humanity. To this level, or maybe a little like further. you're saying shit that we, when we talk about full cities, when and we like talk about other the other coming out, blah blah blah, Mesopotamia. That's not the first time life happened on this planet. No, what I'm saying is, is that Neanderthals, all of this stuff, there were humans like us, Homo sapiens sapiens, have existed in essentially the same form for almost 175,000 years. So the idea that in 175,000 years we only got our act together. 12,000 years ago doesn't make sense. And it doesn't make sense that that we don't we just don't we ignore the idea that there that our hunter-gatherer concept of humanity marries with the end of the ice age. So we're sort of saying like well wh- was there anything prior? Why right. couldn't there have been? Why couldn't mankind have been decimated by something to the point where they became hunter-gatherers? Right, and and where w- there would be no evidence it's of It's like that. a Battlestar Galactica myth, basically. <laughs> yeah, the classic. Kronos, the timeline. <laughs> we make up our own. <laughs> the what's, what's the thing he had to say? Like, chief on board? What was it like? <laughs> what did he say when they were on the bridge? I forget. He's I like, see- oh, Captain, my captain, I'm Canadian. <laughs> you talking about Eddie almost. <laughs> Lee Harvey almost. <laughs> Lee Harvey almost got him. <laughs> the true Lee second Harvey gunman. almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. <laughs> Stanley Harvey almost. <laughs> this is getting so obnoxious. Uh, um, what? What's some of the like? What's the craziest? I mean, I know it's like, uh, you know. Uh, reptile reptile okay yeah reptiles the crazy if you the want lizard people yeah if you want real crazy that's like great charlatan that has like a big that has a decent following right? oh big be, following yeah. and like total charlatan like the guy's a total looney tune or he's like a red herring cia operative he's got to be one or the other because <laughs> oh, i it, hope it's the latter i hope it's the latter too this guy david ike i-c-k-e and oh, you played him at the Jesse Ventura yeah, show we yeah. did, where I, I played, played David uh, Icke, Reso- like the dead Cuban foreign minister or whatever, <laughs> yeah. that I didn't know anything about, and I just like just talked in an offensive Spanish. All right, we're sorry. Yes, you had to I be remember. at South by Southwest five years ago to get this it reference. Was fun. <laughs> it was 2013. Oh yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I remember because I was even less fat then. <laughs> no, no, you've yes. always been disgusting. You've always been disgusting. <laughs> 
Remember, I'm so David Ike believes yes, yes. that there are some people living amongst us who are lizard people. The power class. That the lizard people come from a different dimension and that they, uh, like a parallel dimension and through magic sex acts enter our dimension. And um, Hillary Clinton's a lizard person. Al Gore. My favorite page in one of the David Icke books is where it's like, he's it's crazy. He's like, Hillary, Bill, and Al Gore and Chelsea all rented a hotel room. And this is like an act like from the book. And it's like, they wanted to have a four-way, but it was most important that both Bill and Hillary were with their daughter. Uh, Al would join in, but of course, he was a vampire. And it's like that <laughs> crazy. And this is in Barnes & Noble. This book is in fucking Barnes & Noble. The same store that sells the Bible. Yes, and it's in the same section. <laughs> That's the best part. So David Icke is crazy. He has one book called I Am Me, I Am Free, and um, it's him as the Vitruvian Man, the, you know, the- Yeah, the Michelangelo the Mike, thing. Uh, it's, or Leonardo. Uh, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> it's one of the turtles. And uh, he, uh, uh, he's, but it's him naked on the book cover. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Liz so, but lizard people, you see, when you hear some of these conspiracies, you can kind of see the beginning of where that information comes from. Like, we were talking about, you're talking about the Bush family and how it's like this- and like the Illuminati and skull and bones and all that shit, yeah. all the secret society shit, there is some element of truth that even if it's just is. like protect our wealth, not it's not truly like we're lizard people or we're truly meeting up and drinking blood out of a skull or something. But it's not like just wealth. It's protecting concepts, knowledge, um, access to the mind, ways of perceiving reality that in their belief systems, in their belief systems are... Um, uh, mat are deemed magical or reality shape reshaping. And this is in many secret societies, which are all outcroppings of mystery schools for which like uh, Moses was a member of an Egyptian mystery school, mystery school, uh, Moses, uh, uh, Matt this, Moses, our friend, Matt Moses, Matt <laughs> Moses. We all know him and love him. He always asks you if you have weight on him. <laughs> Uh, and um, he asks us if he has weed on him, and we have to pat him down. Do I have weed on me? <laughs> Frisk me. Uh, the answer is, you'll see. <laughs> I'm, I am breaking down. Um, but uh, That's fine. We can land this fucker. He was a member of an Egyptian mystery school in the Ten Commandments. They're supposedly from the burning bush. They happen to be part of the rules of the mystery school in Egypt. They're just the first like 10 or they're like a, a Whitman sampler of them, uh. of sort of moral. So Pythagoras was a member of a, of a mystery cult, which often had to do with putting people through a sense of false death. And through that, ha they would have a sense of enlightenment or awareness in the world that, that we don't. Um, and so you link philosophy with conspiracy and the carriage, not of just money, but something more important than money, which is sort of what, and how the practices that of of the human mind that are passed down from generation to generation by by very you know wise thinkers who so you're saying that it's po is th this is a belief that people have yeah. that some people are capable of bigger things with their and they they keep it to themselves well they the conspiracy would be that all people are capable of this but the power structure is set so that most people believe in their limitation, not in their limitlessness. And the Christ mythology would be that Christ is the one who basically said, hey, it's actually a big cloud and you can all have an email address. Yeah. And they killed him for it because right, they were right. like, no, you can't. You know, he was like free Wi-Fi and they murdered him. <laughs> yeah. They're like, not for another couple thousand years. <laughs> yeah, pal. exactly. Get out of here, really you it. fucking Jew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the great conspiracy is that there is no conspiracy, that all these organizations and institutions are set up and designed to make you believe that you are less than them, that there's something they have that you don't. And by buying into conspiracies in a way, what you're doing is actually giving power over to the money class and the, and the power and class. And also admitting yourself that the reason you can't do anything is because you're, 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 you're not special. Uh, because you're not at that level. Exactly. You're not Illuminati. So why, why, why even bother trying in life if I'm not Illuminati? Yeah, exactly. And the Illuminati is just going to keep me down anyway. And if you let yourself believe that, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Exactly. Holy shit, I'm on board, dude. Yeah, man. And Damn the man, why... save the empire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why though I love these things but I evolved out I definitely when I got into conspiracies and like when I was in high school I got I was into the witch shit and this I was is, this into is the late 1940s right? yeah late I was 1942 <laughs> I just left the OSS and uh, 
I joined when I was nine. I stabbed Hitler in his gut in the bunker, but no one's supposed to know. Uh, and gave him syphilis. Uh, that. That, no, I, you know, I got into it and was like anyone went to the occult section of the fucking bookstore and did all that and wanted to believe everything. And I think even through 9-11, you know, well, although I have a lot of things I think about 9-11 that aren't conspiracies, but I think are clear glaring holes in our intelligence and what happened. I don't want to get into the whole thing. I'm just saying, like, I think there's a clear conspiracy, not of masterminds but of of incompetence yeah i think uh, that there's covering yeah the and that they're covering up that incompetence so i think the thing is that people perceive me though that i'm some like wackadoodle putting the postcards up on the wall and yeah, pulling yeah. strings i go through my periods of indulging that part of my mind but i believe ultimately life goes on, life yeah. goes on <laughs> yeah. and you cannot live in it it's fun like collecting books like Wolf Hall by Hillary Mantel to just Hold enjoy. Hold on, let me get them. it out for a second. Oh, <laughs> there it is. That's pretty slick. Yeah. Well, that's me. I'm self lubricating. Don't use so much. <laughs> Leave some for my lady a menorah. <laughs> All right, Grandma Hanukkah. <laughs> oh, Grandma Hanukkah. Me. Um, we. We have a little bit of time left. You briefly mentioned it because this is another thing I'm super interested in. And I think I'm, I'm pretty sure you're well versed in it too. So we don't have to get into it, but maybe this would be a good idea for a future episode. Sure. If people want to hear about it, tweet at me and Anthony and uh, tell us if you want us to do it on, on like the occult because that's something oh, yeah. I'm super interested in. After watching Going Clear, which is about the which is about Scientology, but there is that moment where they explain that L, uh, uh, what's his name, L. Ron Hubbard was part of some occult little yes. uh, things and to me i'm like that is even more interesting than scientology like the alistair oh, yeah. crowley oh, dark magic yeah. golden, sexual golden dawn and uh yeah uh, i forget what it's called the one he's in in uh that l ron hubbard was in too but yeah what so so what's the story behind that is that more is that does that come from that same world of like justifying weird shit and then people get into it or is it just that's just another it's religion? Just like religion. I think well, I think it's like religion, but yet I think like religion, uh, even organized religion, those are the only tomes that we have that are sort of the most universally collected records of the unknowable, which is the interior mind. And I think that that's where religion and occult lives is saying we are going to describe and assign value to things that are sort of abstract. And the argument in Magicka would be that by assigning psychic value to real world things, objects and so on, and by psychic, I don't mean like mind reading, I mean like in the psychological version of it, yeah. that you can imbue it with meaning because the mind drives reality, it drives the universe because that's how you perceive it. Right. And so it's an argument of what, you know, sort what of chicken can you or the actually, egg. What's and, the limit of the mind? What's the limit of the mind? What's the limit? And, and how are things and objects and how things are designed and even presented to us, how are those symbols reflecting back to us? How are they, how are they changing and shaping the inner workings that the person behind the curtain that we don't have privy, you know, we don't have a privy relationship to in our own mind. Right. Cause th th that stuff feels like the same thing. Like, Oh, we're capable of more. And, 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 you immediately think like devil worship and antichrist stuff, but that's not what all these are like. Well, that's sort of Christian propaganda about the occult. Right. Devil right. worship. I don't think they've ever had actual uh, recorded arrest in actual legitimate devil worship like or occult. Say, it's yeah. always, that's urban myth. Right, and you think and, that that yeah. Christianity started that to just wipe out all these little weird pockets of people that like, hey, you might yeah. get turned on to this ancient Druidic religion, which preaches pretty much the same stuff as us, but which our religion's based on, yeah, or yeah. co-opted, or right. you know, well, that's Young Goodman Brown by uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne. It's a book you probably read or were assigned in high school. I didn't read it until later, but. It's about all the pious people in this little pilgrim town. And at night they dance with the devil in the forest and, you know, wear masks and do, you know, and then they claim in the next day how everyone is evil in the forest and you shouldn't go in there. Right. It's uh. like the basis of waspy Protestant weirdness. In the Northeast. Right, right, right. sort of like so prim. That repressed sexual yeah, shit of like, this is how, and then when we, like that's what it always is, is like in, it's in pop culture and media, it's always like stuffy elites like Harvard and Yale. Like the, yes. the skull and bones come from there. The uh, like uh, dead poet society, like private yeah. schools. And they're like ass slapping and like fucking each other with candlesticks and right. weird shit like that. Yeah, you know? and it's because like they're, oh, in, in reality we're like this. <laughs> 
Yeah. But then we fucking say Fidelio at a, a door somewhere. Uh-huh. And next thing you know, we got masks on with like zebra heads and we're like true detective yeah. season. I would go to yeah. that. I would go to an Eyes Wide Shut party. I would love to see. I, I, I don't think I could do that because I'm terrified of a situation like that. But I don't want to walk around with my body. Oh, I don't want to. Like, I, yeah, I'd like to walk around. With, I would walk around with nineteen, let's seventy-eight year old Tom Cruise's body before I walked around with my own twenty-five year old body. Yeah, the, yeah. I don't want to go to a sex cult party because I'm uncomfortable with the way I look. <laughs> so am I. They'd be like, they'd be like, why is Mister Roper from fucking Three's Company here? Hey, there seems to be a giant baby. Oh, look, it's Pillsbury Doughboy with a bronze tan walking in. Uh, wait, <laughs> or no, well, who am I? I'm the state. I'm the brown Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. I'm like a bronze. You are stay a brown puff. Stay Puff, brown bearded Stay Puff. I'll tell you one good thing about a cult that's interesting that translates real world. Might be a good point to finish. Or not, or however. Yeah, you call the ending. No, no, I, <laughs> no, I'm no, I'm kidding. just don't know if we're going long. So um, I blacked uh, out an hour ago. Just, yeah. <laughs> we stopped recording. <laughs> um, that uh, so occult. There's a lot of charlatans in occult, like religion. Just to connect it back, what you were saying. So there's a woman named Blatowski. I think it's something. I forget her initials, but Blatowski uh, from the 18th, from the 19th century, and her husband was like a sort of tonic salesman, you know, snake oil salesman, and she was a supposed psychic. And they wrote these books called The Secret Doctrine, and they were a number, multiple novels. And this is where they took Plato's Atlantean myth. They took it from Plato and they started to create our modern idea of what Atlantis is. So the modern idea of it being an island and all the concentric circles and all that. Yeah. They took that sort of vague description from Plato and they made it into the myth we now know. They made it. And uh, also they created the Aryan myth. So they took the concept of Aryans, which comes from uh, India, which is an actual Aryan race, which are just very light skinned Indians in North India. And they turned it into the Aryans being the Norse, like the like the, the Norse super people. Of, yeah, yeah. They published the you know the Batals and also very anti-Semitic books, all about how the Jews are a poison in you know culture and society. Okay, now you got my interest. Oh, of course. So now, <laughs> oh wait, what'd you say the name of this book was? Hold on. <laughs> Secret Doctor. V.I. Wartowski? V.I. Wartowski. V.I. Wartowski. Yeah, read V.I. Wartowski. <laughs> the screenplay. So, the screenplay, and you'll learn all the secrets. So, when Hitler gets locked up in uh, jail, and the, when he writes Mein Kampf, yeah. what does he do before he reads? He starts writing Mein Kampf, or while he's doing it, is he reads Blutowski. And that is where the origin of most Nazi thinking from Hitler's point of view came from the super race, uh, the Jews, all of it is inspired by. So that's how dangerous conspiracy and occult can be is that if it's allowed to breathe and no one challenges it, people Jesus. take symbols and sort of just, and here's the magic and power of symbols to get back to occult and magica, which is that when people take things that are powerful symbols because they resonate with the human subconscious and they start pulling them willy nilly and lying about their relevance or value, it, creates a actual powerful confusion and result jesus which is the great the one of the greatest massacres in hu- human history and uh it's a result of a conspiracy occult book that wasn't true it's all Atlant. it's all plato's fault it's all plato's fault <laughs> what you're saying is that the holocaust is plato's fault not hitler's well That's a lot is co- <laughs> i mean a lot is plato's fault i mean because uh, even the invasion of iraq is based on neoplatonic thought from leo strauss who was a chicago <laughs> neoplatonist who taught both donald rumsfeld and paul wolfowitz Oh boy! Yep. Oh boy! Uh, now I'm starting to see the red the red yarn going from pushman to pushman yeah, of news articles. <laughs> <laughs> Only one picture of him. People think he's the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Who's there only one picture of? There's only Leo Strauss. Oh, wow. He authored a book called The Natural Right, which was basically the modern neoconservative philosophy on society and war. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, man. Now I have like a full-on reading list. Straussian philosophy. You can look it up. If if you t- if you wanted me to get into a conspiracy or something interesting in that world, what would be your one book recommendation or one doc recommendation oh, for me and the man. listeners? Oh, man. Um... The Secret History of the World. Secret History of the it's World. It's a great book. It's a very accessible reader, and it sort of does what I've been doing in the podcast. Like throwing around from like all different areas. He also puts for. he says, listen, I'm not saying that this is the truth. But here's some shit. But though. here is a philosophy that is believed, and this is the point to make. 
is believed by most of the power brokers and money movers and power people in this world belong to organizations that espouse the philosophies I'm talking about. Right. At, so it, that's like almost undeniable at this it, point. It's being more and more pointed out. Yeah. In society. And if you're practicing it, even if you're going through the steps like some lapsed Catholic, you are still keeping that concept alive. So to deny that. Right. I'm not you know, I'm not at all religious anymore, but I still know that like Sunday's the Lord's Day. Exactly. So if you're part of this power elite, maybe you don't know about drinking the goat's blood right. that grants you the third eye, the mind's eye. Right. But you do know that keep the minorities down and you'll be wealthy forever. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you? Exactly. Holy shit. Anthony Atamanik, thank you so much for coming on to talk about this. My mind has been cracked open. I'm going to put it back together with another blunt. Oh, yeah. Let's get going <laughs> on the back end. some several follow-up conversations. Yeah, we got a bookend, this fucker. <laughs> Anthony, where can people find you on online? What's okay. your Twitter? I'll do the whole thing. So just find me at Tony Atamanik, A-T-A-M-A-N-U-I-K, or at Tony Atamanik on Instagram or Twitter. Yeah. Uh, you can see The Tony Show the first of every month on Tuesday at UCB. First Tuesday of every month first at UCB East. At yeah. UCB East. And the next Trump dump, I don't know when this is coming out. This with. will probably come out a week from Thursday. Uh, so November 30th in uh, UCB Chelsea will be Trump dump. Trump dump. And, and so at 8.30. Anthony's going around. Uh, he does a solid Trump impression. I remember it from back the 30 Rock dressing room. We would do it all. Really? I did a Trump back then? We did it because we did like that type of character all the time because uh, I would do like Long Island and Jersey yes, douchebag voice yes. and you would do like the Trump. I never knew though that I was doing him. Yeah. Well, you were doing, yeah, you weren't doing fully on that, but we that were doing the, kids. the couple of guys were talking about what kind of business we have coming up. That's like I was right. doing like my father's. Well, also, it was an easy way to access doing Alec. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is also, very, that's what it was. It was from it was doing Alec. the Alec Baldwin impression. We realized how close it was to uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> Are there any Reese's pieces here? <laughs> That is a deep cut inside joke for Matt Fisher, John Murray, Nate Smith, you and I, yeah. and maybe Sue Galloway. Of course, Sue. But you scumbags probably don't listen to your pocket, my podcast because you're friends with me. Oh, uh, now I'm going to make sure to plug this podcast. <laughs> November 30th at UCB Chelsea. Check out Anthony doing his uh, Trump impression as as part of a big show, and it's and they can go to Debate Bastards 2016. I think it's Debate Bastards 2016 or Debate Bastards 16, but I think it's 2016. It's a YouTube channel. James Adomian and I are doing more Trump Bernie Sanders debates. Oh yeah, and if you're, if you're not up on if you're not up on seeing uh, uh, Anthony as D Donald Trump debating James Adomian, uh, who if you listen to podcasts, I'm sure you know about <laughs> yeah. doing his Bernie Sanders impression. The two of them debating. I'm telling you, it's fucking comedy s satire and fucking needed. It's it's a blast to He's watch. He's about to throw up. Just yeah, I'm so throwing know. up trying to actually get a <laughs> genuine just, compliment he out. He just dropped some bee soup down. Yeah, I've never been so facetious in my life. <laughs> um, thank Anthony, you. thank you so much for coming on the show, but I'm so glad. Podcasting, a way to force a friend to talk to you for an hour. <laughs> Hook this you on your pleasure. ego of like, hey, I got a few thousand listeners. You want to spew your fucking garbage out there? This was the best. This was awesome. Thank you so much, Ant. Um, thank you to HeadGum. Thanks to Sammy Rubin for my music. Thank you to Maddie Braun for the um, logo. And hey, motherfuckers, check me out at John Gabris on Twitter. Rate, comment, review. Go on iTunes. Give me five stars and then roast me in the comments and I'll shout you out on the show as I did earlier this episode. Later, shitheads. That was a HeadGum Podcast.